you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Welcome to Season 3. I hope that everybody had a great holiday and that you guys got the majority of what you asked for. Although it was great to be off and spend some time with my family, I'm also very excited and happy to be back. I have a lot of interesting topics that I have in mind that I certainly want to go over for Season 3. And I decided to start us off with... The Black-Eyed Children. It's a topic that, honestly, I have been avoiding. And that is because this topic deals with the associations to UFOs and extraterrestrials. But I've also been avoiding it because there's the belief that if you talk about it, well, you're giving it energy. And at the same time, you could be calling it in. And that is certainly what I am not attempting to do. But then again, the universe is mental, right? It all starts in the mind. And I've been researching this topic a lot, reading a book on it, listening to people's accounts, and so on, but I digress. And if you've listened to this show before, you know that I have no problem, no trouble, talking about ghosts, spirits, exorcisms, demons. But when it comes to UFOs and ETs, that's when it starts to get a little spooky for me. I have some personal theories as to why, but you know what? Fear isn't going to stop me. And besides, these topics are way too fascinating to pass up. And you know what? It's also synchronistic for me because on the weekend that I was considering whether or not to start off with this episode, as many of you may have heard, there was a UFO, well I should say a UAP, because the terms have changed now. It went from an unidentifying flying object to an unidentified aerial phenomenon, which was spotted over in Las Vegas. And, well, it was spotted over a gentleman's club. Well, a strip club called Sapphires. And it became this huge, big deal on social media. But what was interesting to me was that a week before, while I was on my way to work, and while I was listening to my music and singing along, loud and proud, as one does, <laughs> all of a sudden, the music stopped and my car lights automatically turned off. To give you guys some context, yes, I do live in Las Vegas, but if you're picturing the strip and the casinos, that is far from it. I live in more of the outskirts of the city. Just recently, there is construction starting to happen towards where I live. And there is a road that I take that I have to drive by 
every single day in order for me to go to work. And I get up very early and I'm on the road by 5 a.m. So it's still very dark outside and there aren't very many cars on that road, if any. And it's this very narrow road, right? So it's dark outside, it's early, there aren't any cars, there aren't any street lights on that road yet. And I obviously have my car lights on, and the car that I drive isn't as new to where the lights automatically turn on for you. No, I have to manually turn my car lights on. So as I'm driving to work, I'm singing along driving down this road, when all of a sudden my music stops and my car lights turn off. I don't know why, but my immediate thought was aliens. Of course it is, right? That would be, like, my biggest fear. This lasted for about a few seconds, maybe five. And then my music came back on, and I had to manually turn on my lights again. And I suppose aliens came to mind first because they are known to mess with your electronic devices. I'm not saying that that's what that was, I'm just saying that's what came to my mind first. And even now, as I'm recording this episode, I'm experiencing some electronical glitches that I'm trying to clean out for this episode, but if I can't, then that's what you heard towards the beginning of the episode. And I thought it was synchronistic because not only was I thinking about doing a show on that topic, but also the very next week, a UFO was spotted here in Las Vegas. And the topic that I want to talk about today, for this first episode of Season 3, is that of the Black-Eyed Children, also known as BEKs, Black-Eyed Kids. What are BEKs, Black-Eyed Kids and or Black-Eyed Children? Well, it's exactly what that sounds like. They are beings who take the shape of children. Only one major attribute that they all have in common is that the eyes are pure black. The iris, the pupil, and the sclera, you know that white part, it is all black. Okay, so what's the big deal? Well, these beings if you happened to be approached by them, are known to provoke and cause intense fear. So these beings take the form and or shape of a child, whether it be boy or girl, that range between the ages from 8 to 16 years of age. As far as appearances go, they are said to have pale and or close to olive grainish skin. They're also usually very thin as far as their body structure goes, and they are known to wear either really baggy clothing, which includes hoodies, and or strange clothing. And what I mean by that is you can't put them on a timeline because their clothing isn't necessarily outdated, but it's not futuristic either, nor will it be of present-day clothing. However, the color scheme that they seem to wear is more of black, grays, 
Pandora Browns. Very doll-like in color clothing. As for their scent, many have reported a smell of garbage and or rotting food and even sulfur. Some have said it's the smell of death. But because most of us aren't too familiar with the rotting or decaying smell of a human body, we can't really put our finger on it. And when they do speak, it's in a very monotone tone of voice. And it's almost as if they're speaking to us in a broken English, or their sentence structure is backwards. So like, for example, if you were to ask, oh, is it time to eat? The way they would probably word it is, is it food time? But aside from these beings being known for their one major quality or attribute of their black eyes, is that they are known to incite and provoke the deepest sense of fear. The people who have had encounters with these beings immediately get a sense of uneasiness and immediately feel uncomfortable, and then that fear slowly starts to intensify. So what these beings will typically do is knock on your door and immediately ask, well, for the most part, demand that you let them in. Many people have reported that their requests usually consist of them saying, just let us in, this won't take long, and or We'll just stay for a bit. And actually also reassuring you that they're only kids. So something like, We're only kids. Don't worry about it. They'll usually come up with the lame excuse to use your phone. Or to come in because they need a glass of water. And if you try asking them questions like, Where are your parents? For the most part, they'll just ignore you and they'll keep repeating the same thing. Just let us in. Aside from them invoking fear, they are also said to have this ability of putting people in a trance-like state, sort of under hypnosis, almost to the point to where they can influence you into letting them in. Some people have actually compared it to infrasound, and if you've listened to my previous episode on the fear frequency, you learn that infrasound is a low frequency that goes beyond the normal limit of human hearing. And it's also a frequency that some horror movies will add into their scenes in order to evoke that fear sensation. But it's not just at your house that they'll approach you at. It's also parking lots at grocery stores. They'll ask for a ride or demand that you let them inside your car. And they are very, very persistent. And if you dare say no, that's when their true colors start coming out and they'll get either even more aggressive and harass you as to want to almost intimidate you into letting them in. And one of the most well-known and most popular stories of accounts regarding encounters with BEKs is that of Brian Bethel's. It was first posted on the internet back in 1998. Now, 
I found this story by reading Black Eyed Children by David Weatherly. And in it, it explains that when Brian first posted his story on the internet, he wasn't expecting it to catch so much attention. He sincerely was just trying to find answers to what he had just experienced. So for a big while, he pulled back. And it wasn't until recently where he was able to retell his story again. So Brian's story took place in Texas at around 9.30, between 9.30 and 10 o'clock at night. He had gone to pay a bill at a shopping center and his intention was to pay it with the check. As he was writing out his check in the car, he was startled by a knock on the driver's side of the window. And when he looked up, he saw two boys, which he estimated to be around the ages of 10 and 14 years. He said that at first glance, everything seemed normal, and that even their clothing was in style for the time. He did notice that they had a pale olive skin complexion. He said that at first he assumed that the kids were going to ask for money or some sort of handout. But it didn't take long for him to notice the energy change. He said his fight or flight response began to kick in. He said that he cracked open the window just slightly and asked the boys what it was that they wanted. And the boys told him that they wanted to see a movie, but that they had left their money at home and they requested that he help them out. The kids asked Brian to take them home to retrieve the cash. He said that the kids stated, Come on, mister. Now we just want to go to our house, and we're just two little boys. But in that moment, Brian remembered that the last show of the evening had already been playing for about an hour. And the kids insisted, they said, Come on, mister, let us in. We can't get into your car unless you tell us to get us in. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. At this point in his encounter, Brian made eye contact. And he said he remembered their eyes were coal black. No pupil, no iris. Just plain black eyes. For Brian, that's all it took and he was out of there. And as he drove away... He stole a quick look back, and when he did, the kids were nowhere in sight. And there are a whole bunch of other accounts that are just like this, of people who have had encounters where they approach them in parking lots. In fact, one of the earliest accounts dates back all the way to the 1950s. But the majority of them are of people who have declined and rejected them. I did, however, find one account where BEKs were actually let in. Well, I found two, but I'll tell you the one that was the most disturbing one to me. And I'll paraphrase, but it was about a lady who was in her car driving on her way to the convenience store. And along with her, in the backseat of her car, was her son. So the story goes that she left her kid in the car while she entered the store to grab something really quickly. I know, why would you leave your kid unattended in a car? 
But anyway, for the purposes of this story, we're going to bypass that. So she comes back, she puts her key in the ignition, and she starts driving. She then looks at the rearview mirror and sees her son, and next to him was the other child, staring right back at her with those fear-inducing, blacked-out eyes, and immediately was terrified. So she pulls over and yanks her son out of the car and rushes back into the store. So the clerk at the store, obviously concerned, asked her what happened. And all she could mumble out was, someone's in the car. So the clerk tries to help and runs out of the store and goes directly to her car. And all he finds is her car still running with the doors open, but no one else was there. So the lady calls her husband and she doesn't really tell him anything. She just asks to be picked up. And when he gets there, she asks him to drive her car because she's so startled at this point that she just can't do it. She can't go back into her own car. Halfway home, the husband gets into a car accident and has to be taken to the hospital. When he regains consciousness, all he can remember is a foul odor and just losing consciousness. But meanwhile at home, the lady's still trying to figure out what happened. And so she questions her son. She asks him if he knows that boy from school. To which he replies, no. She then asks him, what was he doing in the car? And the kid says, I thought we could play. So I asked him to get in. What's disturbing is that the child later falls ill. So the parents take him to the hospital. But the strange part is, the symptoms keep changing. The doctors first diagnosed him with appendicitis, but then the symptoms change and he breaks out, and then the doctors say it was the measles, and so the parents just get tired and just take him home for observation. And the thing is, both of the parents weren't religious or as devoted to their faith, but they began to turn to it because, well, I suppose when all else fails... You have to have some sort of hope and or faith in something. And so they began to host prayer groups and they began to pray over the child. And miraculously, the child recovers and all the symptoms disappear. So that was nice and it had a happy ending. But there is still so many questions unanswered. So... In the two accounts where these beings were willingly let in, bad things happened. And so, naturally, they became known as bad omens. But what do they want? And why do they need our permission to be let in? Why do they take on a child's form? And what are they? Well, I think that what they want is, one, to feed off of our energy, and two, to cause us harm. Because if they cause harm, well, that immediately evokes the feeling of fear. And fear is an emotion. It's energy, right? At the base of it all, it's energy. And what quicker way to produce energy than by inspiring fear? I mean, fear is undeniably 
the best motivator. But why do they need our permission to be let in? This kind of reminds me of vampiric and demonic traits where they have to be invited in. And this speaks more on the spirituality side of things. It's more than just physical. It goes beyond that. We are now dealing with these beings on a spiritual level. Because you are a divine being, and evil can only have power over you if you allow it. If you submit and or give in towards evil. Alright, so why would these beings take on the form of a child? Perhaps it's to play on your emotions so that you're more vulnerable and it's easier for you to let your guard down because kids aren't usually seen as threats. I mean, if you think about it, more than likely, you'll probably be more willing to give a kid or a child a ride home who's in desperate need of your assistance than you would an adult. And at the same time, I feel like it might be some sort of tactic that plays on your fear. Because as a society, we have this shared fear of things that look like us, but are not us. That's probably why many of us fear extraterrestrials. But that's why children are creepy, right? I mean, it's an unpopular thought. But if you think about it, children are like adults, but they're not quite yet adults. And children are supposed to be pure. They're supposed to be innocent because they haven't yet fully learned and or developed that programming of right from wrong that adults have. And that's also why children are said to be able to look into other dimensions and other planes of reality. That's why they're easily affected by the supernatural, because they are in that in-between space. So, what are these BEKs? Are they extraterrestrials? Are they demons? And or are they just an urban legend? Are they tulpas and or egregores? Some people associate them with extraterrestrials because of that fear-inducing ability that they have, which is similar to the men in black. They also usually come in pairs, and they seem otherworldly, even in the way they speak. Very monotone. Their skin is also usually described as being olive-toned or a pale white. The men in black also seem to have the ability to appear and or disappear suddenly. They are also known to enter the homes of those that they are harassing. They are also believed to be capable of mind control and or hypnosis. And both the BEKs and the MIBs seem to use outdated language and or slang terms. And their language is also very awkward and they're also very persistent. And lastly, the men in black are also associated with 
strange electronic phenomenon. Sometimes you'll hear noises or robotic voices on telephones, electronic beeping noises, static, or other interference. Then there are those who say they are demons. Because, one, they're only looking to cause harm. It seems like if you have an encounter with one of them, bad things happen. Then there's that foul, sulfur-like odor that many people have associated them with. Also, there's the fact that they require your permission to be let in. Extraterrestrials usually don't require your permission. Although, I suppose, if you're dabbling with Ouija boards, meditation, mind-altering drugs, and or if you're open to New Age spirituality and the occult, then I suppose some would consider that an open invitation. And when it comes to demons, they're also known to take that human form and or child form. They're great manipulators, they're great liars, and they're great at mimicking the human form. It is said that when a demon takes a human form, everything will be okay except one thing will be off. One thing will be deformed. And in the case of black-eyed children, it's the eyes. And hearing about this theory reminds me of a dream that I had when I was about 15 years old. I dreamt with Damien. Damien is a child and is also known as the Antichrist. And in my dream, I saw this little kid who was crying and he was desperately pleading for my help. And just as I was about to reach out and help him, and in a way console him because he was crying hysterically, within my dream, I immediately sensed that this was no kid. And when I rejected him, he stood up and became instantly infuriated and began yelling at me. And that's about when I woke up. You see, these beings are also interdimensional. And they are all around us. And in my experience, they have made it perfectly clear that they can approach you in this physical world and in the spiritual world. Or are these black-eyed children just an urban legend? Like that of the chupacabras or that of Slenderman? Are they a tulpa? Are they egregores? You know, thought forms. You know, the Tibetan concept that if you give enough energy to an idea and or an object, it can, with enough energy, manifest into this 3D physical reality. So what do you guys think that the black-eyed children are? What are your theories regarding this topic? Let me know, I am so curious to hear your thoughts. As you guys already know, you're welcome to reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com and or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb I'm also on TikTok, same handle, lauralavender.mb And share with me your thoughts, share with me your theories, 
and or if you've ever had an experience with these black-eyed children. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And if you'd like, leave me a voice message on there on SpeakPipe. Tell me your thoughts about the show, if you like it, what your favorite episode was. And if you'd like, I'll post it on a future episode for all of us to hear. Well, this concludes the first episode of Season 3. Thank you guys so much for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.